the lost prodigal son makes his way back to his former home in great trepidation. And yet within moments, he is enveloped within the embrace of his father. And he musters the only tears that his dehydrated body can provide. But his father more than compensates because he is overcome with joy at having his son in his arms again. And at this point, you imagine that some soft music starts and the lights begin to dim and they turn around and head back home, perhaps have a light meal before calling it a night because they are shattered from the emotional intensity of the day. Not so fast. What we get instead is a party. And not just any regular party, this is a celebration of epic proportions. Now do we have any party people in the house tonight? This is the seven o'clock, hey. Now all my party people know that to have a good party, to have an epic party, it all hangs on the food, the people, and the music. So if you're planning any Christmas dues, I'm giving you the tips now. It's the food, it's the people, and it's the music. Well, first off, the food. The father calls for the calf that he's been fattening. Now what you need to know about a fattened calf is that it is catered to. You see, other calves need to roam the countryside looking for food, but the fattened calf gets its food brought to it. And in this, the son sees a sign that all he is looking for can be found in his father's house. He never needs to wander the countryside looking for what will satisfy him because he can feast on the best of the best from right within his father's home. He doesn't just get food, he gets a feast. Now alongside that, the fattened calf is the most precious of the cattle that his father would have owned. And so it would have blown his mind that his father chose this calf for this occasion. He wouldn't have thought himself worthy of it. And yet that is precisely why his father chooses this calf for this occasion. His father gives that which is most precious to him to show his son how much he values him. This is what redemption is. Redemption is to revalue something or someone. The father spares no expense in laying out this bread. That's the food. Second, the people. Now what's worth remembering here is that in his actions, the prodigal son didn't just turn his back on his father. He estranged himself from the entire community. And he would have imagined to himself, you know, I'm going back. I'm going to need to earn the trust of this community again. Perhaps try and being less of a scoundrel so they can accept me again. Maybe water the sheep of a few neighbors so they stop following me with an icy glare anytime I leave home. And yet, there is no easing in in this story. He moves right from the outer edges of society right into the heart of the community. The people around him take their cues from his father and they welcome him right back into the fold. He doesn't just get a feast, 
he gets a family. And I imagine over the course of the evening that others trickle in. You see, the lost prodigal son in this story, he gets a lot of airtime, but you and I know he couldn't have been the only prodigal. And so I imagine that others who didn't quite have the courage to make the journey home, they watch in anticipation to see what's going to happen with this son. And word gets out that the unimaginable is breaking out and they run to see it before their eyes, to see the impossible breaking out, but not just to see it, to get a seat at the table. This is a family, and it is the family of the reconciled and the redeemed. So we have the food, and we have the people, and now we have the music. And it's fair to say at this point that things are more than a little bit rowdy. You see, it's not just that there is alcohol in supply. Yes, there is wine free flowing, but what intoxicates in this gathering is joy. And so a sound is released, but it is a sound of freedom. This is a sound that stops anxiety in its tracks. This is a sound that shakes the darkness of night, that sings belonging over each returned daughter and son. This is a sound that fills tired lungs with air again, and how we need tired lungs to be filled with air again. This is a chorus of liberation that rises above the hills. You see, the preacher, Tim Keller, he summarizes the message of Christianity like this. He says that we, you and I, are more sinful and flawed than we dare to believe. And yet, at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we dare to hope. This is a sound of finding a God beyond their wildest hopes and dreams. See, Mary, the mother of Jesus, when she is told that she will be the one to bear the savior of the world, she breaks into song. She breaks into song at this God who treats prodigals, who treats lost, broken people with the mercy beyond their imagination. This is a song of freedom, a song of thanksgiving. This is a song of joy. Now, as Pete said earlier, Christmas has a message. And yet it doesn't just have a message, it has an invitation. I wonder if you've ever thought to yourself, what would I get gone for Christmas? Well, you see, in the words of the prophet, Mariah Carey, what God is looking for this Christmas and every Christmas is the same. What God wants for Christmas is you. For you to recognize that he is a father beyond your wildest hopes and dreams. To come and recognize him for who he is. That he doesn't heap shame 
on prodigals, but instead he puts his reputation and dignity on the line in order to bring lost prodigal ones home. He wants for you to recognize, for me to recognize that a life turned away from him is a life of emptiness of futility, that the things that we seek outside of him to satisfy will never satisfy. For us to come to our senses, to recognize the extent of our rebellion against him, and yet to look up and not see a father staring at us with a look of, I told you so, but to see a God who is running, who is running towards us in mercy so right now I'm going to pray and if there's anything in what you've heard tonight that stirs something on the inside of you and you want to respond to this God who so lavishes mercy on humanity I'd love you to add your amen to this prayer And yes, the invitation is for everyone. It is for everyone in this room. It is for everyone who is watching, be it now or at another point. The Father is calling us home. But in particular, there might be some of us here, some of us watching, who are hearing this invitation in this way for the first time. Or perhaps it's not the first time. And yet tonight, you can place yourself in this story and you want to respond to this God, I wanna invite you to add your amen in also. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've revealed to us of who you are in this story in the life of Jesus, in the words of scripture, that you are a better father than we could ever have hoped for, that you blow our expectations out of the water. I thank you, Lord, that because of your great love for each and every one of us, you sent your son, Jesus, to the world. You gave up that which was most precious to you, that we might know the value that you place on us. And Lord Jesus, I thank you for coming to the world, for being born of a woman, for living, for teaching, that in you we can know a reconciled relationship with God, our Father. But Jesus, you didn't just teach it. Jesus, you made the ultimate sacrifice so that this would be possible, so that each daughter and son could make their way home, could take their seat at the table, have their place in this party. And I thank you, Father and Son, that you have sent to us the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, thank you that you come into each returned daughter and son and you fill us with yourself. You fill us with joy. And so, Holy Spirit, we welcome you 
to fill each and every heart, each and every person with the joy that comes with recognizing our God is a father above any other father and he is ever inviting us home. We thank you for who you are and we accept this invitation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.